0: 12 months, our children have spent more time at home than they have in school, and the summer's arrived, and we've got a six week stint.
1: What are we going to do?
0: Hello, I'm Richard Chivers,
1: and I'm Becky Searle,
0: and this is the Sea pod.
1: This episode was made in association with Harvest. Harvest creates smart growing systems that make gardening easier for growers. Launched last year by two tech-obsessed growers who knew the challenges of growing in cities and small gardens, Harvest make automated mini greenhouses that water, heat, cool, and light your crops all from a smart app. Harvest mini greenhouses can be powered by solar energy and collect their own rainwater, so they are good for the planet and for your plate. Follow at harvest UK on Instagram or head to harvest.co.uk to find out more and use the code seedpod for 10% off their smart mini greenhouses.
0: This might come as a shock to a lot of people, but we're, we're in the middle of summer now and, and something that happens around this time of year is we're about to go into the school summer holidays. How do you feel about that, oh Becky? My
1: <laughs> I feel really good about it. I mean, I love my children. Um, six weeks with them at home is... <laughs> probably about five and a half weeks too long
0: <laughs> what's interesting as well is be- because of what's happened over the last 18 months we're going into another summer with a lot of restrictions so people are not going on like holidays abroad and people have not even been able to get holidays away from everything in this country which is like the typical way of entertaining ourselves and our children at this time of year so we really need to find yeah. some other things to do <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's it. And I feel like the children, you know, particularly this last year, they've been at home so much. I've kind of run out of things to do with them at home. It's getting kind of hard. But I suppose that one thing that's been really nice about having the kids at home a lot, um, and that will be really nice about having them at home a lot over the summer as well, is that they are really getting used to being around the garden and the allotment um and in my case uh the other little farm that i'm working on as well they're starting to really get like embroiled into that life which i just love
0: it, that's absolutely right you know and and this is for both of us we've had gardens or allotments i mean ava's been a part of my allotment for five years now and um I always think that it reminds me at this point and on the point you've just said is how important it is really for people to have space and you know having access to gardens and allotments is so important, and it gives us an opportunity to um, get the children involved much easier uh, for so many good reasons
1: yeah that's it. I mean kids nowadays spend such a long amount of time behind uh, screens and even in classrooms that they're, they're looking at screens and things like this and they just spend such a large amount of their time indoors and actually having access to the outdoors and to a nice attractive outdoor space and also parents who enjoy being outdoors with them um, is really really invaluable in a in a childhood in my opinion, anyway, <laughs> no,
0: I completely agree, and we—I think a lot of us know this, but you know, and I think what's important is that we we try and make sure that we have access to you know allotments again, so popular, and I really hope more allotment sites get open up and available for for people, particularly in cities and urban spaces. I was when we were when we were talking about this doing this episode, and we we wrote a few things down on paper to, to discuss. We said. Why is it important, do we think, to get kids into growing? And as I look back through our notes, I realise actually the things that we put down for why we think it's important to get kids growing and gardening and enjoying being in that garden space or allotment space is really the same for all of us, even us adults. The the stuff that you get out of gardening and having access to growing space really is great for kids and for us.
1: That's it. But I think it's particularly important for children because you get to join those dots up at a really young age. And so when I look back at my childhood, I think, well, I was already in the habit of being outside and spending lots of time outside and doing a bit of gardening and going for nice walks and being in wild places and things like that. And that's naturally then what I want to do as a grown up. That's that's what I gravitate towards. So I think it's really important that as children they have that sort of association and they have those habits starting to form at a really young age and then they don't kind of think twice about doing it then as grown-ups hopefully anyway but we've always said we don't try and force our children into (laughs) doing anything in in the garden but we do want them to be connected to it and be interested in it
0: yeah i think touching on that connection to nature the the access to allotments and, and garden spaces really important for us to reconnect with nature because I think this was one of the biggest things that came out of the the lockdown particularly last year when it was quite a severe and sudden lockdown people talked about uh, and opened up about how much they missed that connection with nature and there was so much evidence coming out about people finding ways to try and connect with nature and this has obviously been something that we'd never felt that people well maybe we felt people had lost. So I think... Gardening and access to gardens or allotments is a really, really good way of easily connecting with nature and 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 getting the feel of those natural cycles of how it really works in the world around us and for us as part of that world as well.
1: Yeah, that's it. And I think um, from the point of view of children as well, it's something that they can actually do outside rather than just existing in the outside um so for example as grown ups we can happily go for a walk can't we um but kids might not be quite so happy to just go for a walk and take in the scenery and listen to the birds whereas you know the older you get <laughs> the more you appreciate that kind of thing um but gardening creates something for for children to actually be able to do it's very physical it's hands on and it's something that they can then experience over time as well so they can see the seeds that they planted growing into plants and growing into harvests and then something that they can eat so they have this whole process and I think it's that process that actually sort of draws them outside and makes them want to get involved and wants to be outside rather than just going to do something that's that's relatively abstract from a sort of child's point of view anyway
0: yeah I I completely agree and I think we go back to the point we you you mentioned just now about not forcing children to garden um i think i i learned this early on with ava when ava first came to the allotment, she was three and a half four years old um i mean and i'm st- i was still learning as well so much at the time um but i realized very early on that it's very difficult to almost like get a child, particularly of that age, to just sit there and say, right, we're going to sow some seeds now and we're going to put them in the ground. And then we're going to go over there and we're going to do some weeding. And then we're going to go over there and, uh, you know, uh, tie, tie a plant in with some string and stuff because for much of it, um, it's particularly in the beginning, it, that, that just doesn't work. And what I quickly realized is Ava just loved being at the allotment and, what I would do then is just like, sort of like, every time we went down there, we'd pack some toys, some lunch some drinks, and she would just play. And I would be able to carry on doing what I was doing. And then there would be moments where she would come over and say, what are you doing? And I said, well, I'm just going to sow these seeds. Do you know what seeds these are? And we'd show the packet and say, they're carrot seeds. Look at the color on that. What do you think about that? And she'd, oh, well, can I ever go? And then she would sow them. And then she'd go off and carry on playing again. And there was, and this has continued and she's 10 now, right? You know, she's, she's continued to do this. And every time we're down there, she, she, she's a part of it. She knows the people on the allotment side. She goes off and shares her sweets with everyone. They share the sweets back with her. She knows everyone by name and she comes down. And when I'm doing something that seems to spark her interest, she comes over And over the years, I've just become amazed how much she's absorbed. (laughs) You know, incredible stuff. She'll explain gardening stuff to other people if they just ask her a question. I thought, I didn't realise you'd taken that in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely what I experience with my children as well. And also, I think I always find it quite surprising when my kids offer to do something like they want to make the hole that I then put a plant into or something. Oh, I'll dig the hole. And then they in their heads, then that is the plant that they planted. And they form this little bond with this plant, which is really exciting to watch. And then when they come back to the allotment um or to the garden, they want to visit that plant and and check on how it's doing. It's really sweet. It's absolutely lovely.
0: Uh, absolutely and I think that I completely agree. And I've seen exactly the same with Ave. If you if you if you get them um involved in the process then they become very much connected to it and and feel part of it and take ownership in in so many ways and i think you can expand upon that you know ava's now got a little bed that i've told her is her own she she had plants given to her from other people on the allotment site she planted them she whenever we go there she has responsibility for watering them and doing some weeding sometimes she's not that good at that (laughs) (laughs) but they you know that's fine but she, it, I think you're right, isn't it? You the, you you just involve them in the process, and there seems to be this natural connection to it, and they want to see this through to the end.
1: Yeah, but I think it's important that we, um, like like we said, we don't force it upon them. I mean, every child is different, but certainly in my experience children are more likely to be engaged with if there's something that they want to do and they have chosen to do so if they see you being really enthusiastic about it that's far more encouraging for them to want to join in than if you try and join them in and I, I feel like particularly with my children um if I try and make them so some seeds or plant a plant they're the likely response is going to be, no, I don't want to. But if I say <laughs> I'm going to go and sow some seeds, they will say, can I help? And that's, that's yes. <laughs> I suppose that's pretty much the same with a lot of children. And so it's about kind of gauging how best you can get your children involved if you want them to be involved, but not being too overbearing about it because actually just having them in that environment, like you say, they absorb it. They just seem to understand it from being in that environment and from watching you as well and they learn through observation as much as they do from doing
0: absolutely and I, like i said i'm amazed by how much he's noticed and taken in and, and then regurgitates and i'm like wow and i think the other thing picking up on that point about yes we i've never tried to say come and do this you're going to do that now but it's about gauging um how they how they how they're feeling and and picking your points so as soon as Ava asks a question about what I'm going to do, I know that's possibly an opportunity to say, "Do you want to come and do it with me, or do you want to have a try this? Do you want to sow these seeds?" And like you said, then she'll go off and play. And I, th- I think you're absolutely right. It's like with the first imp- important thing is putting them in the space in the first place and letting them be. <laughs> Just let them be. Absolutely. Um, and the magic does happen.
1: Absolutely. And I think we need to come back to this point of why it's important to get kids into growing in the first place. So we talked about having a connection with nature and the fact that gardening teaches us about nature through doing things and through being in that environment, from watching things from literally from seed to harvest. And also it teaches children about where food comes from. And we spoke about this really, really early on in the podcast, and it was something like one in four children in the UK believes that food, uh, food originates in the supermarket, which is utterly bonkers. And you can bet your bottom dollar that nobody who grows their own food will have children that think that food originates in the supermarket. Even just growing one lettuce on your windowsill is enough to educate them a little bit about where food comes from.
0: I completely agree, and, and and it is it is obviously a, a, an awful to hear that so many children potentially do think that. And I seen I know yeah, I've seen it with Ava as well. You know, I think part of the problem is not about the, the the children really; it's about the society as a society. We've set ourselves up into this model now where everything comes in a supermarket or on a shelf or in plastic wrapping, and it's we've become completely detached from that. And growing your own is is one way of actually bringing this bringing the process back and highlighting that a carrot doesn't just appear overnight on a shelf. It takes a few months to grow from a seed that you sow and and then you pulled up and it's covered in soil and this is how it tastes, this is how things grow. And I think absolutely having the opportunity to grow something, whether that's in pots, in a garden, in an allotment, whatever you've got, and seeing the entire process from seed to harvest right through it, it really does reinforce that actually... This is how our food comes into being. That's and it. it's really important.
1: And it gives them a sense of um, the value of food as well. Because if food is just something that you exchange for money um, and you find yourself as an adult with lots of disposable income, you could find yourself creating a lot of waste as well if you don't understand the value of food but when you understand where food comes from you understand the processes that are involved in making that food and suddenly it seems like a bit of a miracle really and you don't want it to go to waste
0: absolutely and the other thing that's come up with related to growing food over the years with with a little one is that they're more willing to try the stuff Particularly if they've had a hand in growing it as well. They've you know, they've invested some time in it. You know, and Ava was will eat anything that comes pretty much from the plot now because she knows it's come from the plot and that we've grown it either together or she knows I've grown it. One of them, we talked about this previously in another episode, but one of her favourite things is peas and i I was amazed recently that she brought this up in a subject, laughing her head off saying, Oh, we don't gr- we grow peas on the allotment, but they never make it to the kitchen, do they, Daddy <laughs> because she she, she genuinely gets a pleasure out of knowing that if we grow peas on the allotment she can just eat them straight away there and there. It's
1: great that's so fantastic, isn't it? I love that. <laughs> I think um, my children go out and have a snoop at the strawberries and uh, go and check whether they're ready yet. And, and I have to keep a really <laughs> close eye on them because otherwise they'll pick them when they're not quite ripe yet. And um, yeah, it's okay. so exciting to see them getting excited about fresh food as well. Um, but I think another thing that um, that's come up in the last year or so in particular is about resilience. And um, we said this in a previous episode that um, when lockdown hit uh, last year, we as Grow Your Own uh, Gardeners, we were prepared in a way because we had fresh produce and and we were going into supermarkets for the very first time time in our lives and seeing the shelves completely empty and no food available. And I like to think that our children knowing how to grow their own food is creating that kind of resilience against any future problems that we might have and and the world is a kind of a bit of a scary place at the moment we don't really know which direction we're going in but i'd like to think that if there's a total apocalypse or something like that it'll be the people (laughs) who can grow their own food who are the most able to take care of themselves
0: yeah, so much of that. And I think, you know, more than anything, I I, I think for everyone it, it highlighted last year how how insecure our food system actually is yeah. and for so many of us. And, and you know, I'm not saying that we all need to grow our own to become self-sufficient, and I'm sure you're not as well, but there's so much benefit of actually understanding how food grows in the first place and how, yes, we can all do it if we have some space and access to it. And what I particularly loved about the people on allotments or community gardens last year was we saw people providing food for each other and that was really important. You know, it was, uh, I felt, you know, you know, people, maybe people realised the strength of having growing food themselves in their gardens or allotments because there was always some access to food as well. And I think, yeah, it's a really good principle to sort of embed really in a child's imagination. That's it. it?
1: And I think it's a really good confidence builder as well. And not just the um actual process of gardening which is really good for for building confidence in children but also the the um sharing aspect of things so i've got a friend who is over in australia and um she's apparently planted a few cucamelon plants and apparently i'm to blame for this because <laughs> they now have so many cucamelons they don't know what to do with themselves but the- exactly.
0: there's only so much drink gin you can drink with <laughs>
1: And they're absolutely drowning in the things and they're not really a big fan. <laughs> they're not really big fans of them. Um, but the little girl, who is two... Has been taking a little bag of these cucumelons over to the neighbor's house and sharing them all <laughs> proudly because she's she's picked this little bag of cucumelons and she's taken it around to the neighbor's house and the neighbours are really chuffed to bits to get some cucumelons, obviously held by a super cute little two-year-old. And it's really, really good for her confidence because she's she's thinking, I've grown this, or at least I've helped grow it, in a two-year-old's mind. She would have done all of the work. <laughs> And then she's been able to give it away as well, which is a really powerful feeling, isn't it? And I just think that that whole thing is just just what a lovely thing to be able to do for a child.
0: Exactly. And and re-nurture that community. Like you said, you know, we've, you know, children experiencing being on allotment sites or whether they're gardens and like you just said, describe an example of where they've just gone and given their produce to neighbours. That's really, really important. I mean, it's just so powerful and um, yeah, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful stuff.
1: And it's it's super for their mental health as well. If they can have that confidence, they can have that time outdoors, they can be doing something that's productive and interesting and engaging. It's going to be so, so healthy for our kids, not just from the point of view of eating fresh vegetables and fresh produce but also from their mental health and knowing how to look after their own mental health as well because they were set up an association with gardens and allotments and outdoor spaces being happy places places that they can relax and places that they can enjoy themselves
0: So, Becky, we've just talked about the benefits of getting kids involved with our gardening, but I suppose if we've got them there in the allotments or in our garden spaces, we should let's go over some stuff that it that they can do and they can enjoy being a part of, and um, stuff for us as parents as well to know that we've got on hand to be able to keep kids entertained and in, interested in the garden as well.
1: Yeah, that's it. Because if kids do come to us and say, hey, I want to help out or something like that, then it's good for us to have a few little tricks up our sleeves, that things that we can do with the children that they will find interesting and exciting. So should we start off by talking about a few interesting things that we can grow with our children? Yes. Now, there are a few um, kind of go-to options here, isn't there? Um, I think the first one that we need to mention here is giant sunflowers. I, I mean I, who hasn't grown giant sunflowers right with their kids
0: <laughs> absolutely and they, they're entertaining for all of us and um, you they can are. have competitions you know friendly family competitions that you you put your name on the pot and choose a seed and pot one up or we'll get the same variety and then you you watch them grow and and they and they, they once they start growing they grow pretty damn quickly and each day you can go out and take a measurement and keeps the kids interested and, and engaged in that one plant and like you said there's so many varieties of giant sunflowers, different colours. You know the the bright yellow ones, the oranges, and the browns, but also some really cool sunflowers in general, like the multi-headed headed varieties, which are fantastic. You know, you just like get so many flower heads on one plant. It's incredible. Lots of options.
1: Yeah. And that's that's properly inspiring for a child, especially if you're kind of like four years old or something, and you're looking up at this towering, great big plant that's just absolutely huge. That a few months ago was just a tiny seed in your hand. It's just it's it's completely mind blowing. And I think also every family photo album should have a picture of a child looking up at a giant sunflower or standing there looking really proud. It does.
0: <laughs> it is such a cool shot. <laughs>
1: It is. It really is. And it's absolutely lovely. Such an easy thing to grow with your kids and just lovely and amazing to see their reactions to it as well. Um, and another thing that we can grow are squashes. Now, specifically talking about pumpkins and things like that, the weird, the weird and wonderful versions
0: I mean, of yeah. the squashes. I mean, yeah. And we know this because I think pretty much anyone you and me will know that even for us as adults squashes is definitely a favorite crop to grow because when you start growing your own you realize like with so much about grow your own the varieties of squash is just squash and pumpkins is unbelievable I mean so many times I've you know you can pick so many different colors sizes uh, flavors it's great
1: that's it exactly and then squashes has a very sort of tangible use as well, especially if we're growing pumpkins. Kids are watching these pumpkins thinking, how big is it going to get? This is really exciting. They can see it growing and growing and growing. And then they know that at the end of the process that they're going to have this huge, great big fruit to carry home and possibly carve a face into and put on your porch. Exactly. (laughs) Of course, we're going to use all the flesh and everything first, but... Yes. Yeah, it's pump- very exciting for children. Yeah, and,
0: pu- and pumpkins, as we know, is, uh, pumpkins and squash, once you've grown them, they, they store really well as as well. So you can keep the fun going and keep that connection back to uh, squashes in particular for, well, for months. <laughs> You're eating squash we stew like for to, ages. Uh,
1: we like to take a Sharpie and um decorate our squashes because we're not going to eat the skins and um frankly having a lineup of lots of different butternut squashes with lots of different faces is really entertaining whether you're a grown-up or a child
0: yeah i, I know you're talking about yourself you give them names as well don't you
1: <laughs> yeah i don't involve the children in this at all. <laughs> <laughs> if i could get my hand on wigs i probably would <laughs>
0: We've talked about about squash varieties before. Do you want to name a couple that you think are really interesting to grow?
1: Yeah, so um, I'm growing one this year called Zombie, um, which is kind of a warty, gnarly pumpkin, which I think is really exciting. Um, And there's another one along those lines as well called Marina di Chioggia, which is another really warty, it's you know, it, it looks like it's got some horrible infection in the skin, but that's that's how they, that's how just how they look.
0: It, it is, <laughs> and, and uh, there's no decorations needed for those because they just look perfect for Halloween whatever they, whenever they come straight out of the ground because they do look like exactly. monsters.
1: <laughs> exactly, they're fantastic. Um, from the point of view of something completely different, um, tromboncinos, brilliant fun, because they basically make... Um, long thin they they either go curly or long and straight but they they come out with all sorts of different sizes and shapes and my kids like to wear them like feather boas and things like that (laughs) around their necks and things and then just use them as clubs to you know pretend to beat each other and stuff
0: (laughs) Play, play croquet on the lawn
1: Exactly, with tromboncinos. <laughs> we had so many of them last year and did not know what to do with them all. So there was quite a lot of um, playing with tromboncinos and they all got eaten as well. So, Which is good. great
0: because, yeah, I mean, there's just so much you can do with squash. For me, there's go back to the colour options. That's what I would say is that there's so many options when it comes to colour. One of my favourites is a white one called Oboe White, um, which is a South African heritage variety. Beautiful white Uh, skin or like a light bluey white skin is very cool bright orange flesh delicious um queensland blue which is blue (laughs) yep and um also you can get a pink pink one right which i grew a couple of years ago called porcelain doll
1: okay Je- That's I'm just not gonna- one that I've come across. No,
0: I know. I'm just going to throw that one into it. It's a, it's, a, it's a delicious pumpkin, but it's um proper Cinderella-type pumpkin. If you imagine what the Cinderella pumpkin looks like. It looks like that, but it's kind of a pinky, peachy color.
1: Oh, how exciting. I might have to add that to the list because I've got two little girlies, so um that'll be good for them. <laughs> um, other things that are really, really good to grow with children, I think, um are fruits. Anything that they can get their hands actually on and eat right there and then so things like raspberries um and blackberries particularly the thornless blackberries Mm. are really really good to have on the plot for kids um strawberries sugar snap peas um peas that that they can just go ahead and eat on the plot like you said with ava um anything that they can just just reach up and help themselves to without you having to be involved in that at all if they they know that they have access all areas when it comes to the raspberry patch for example they will go for it
0: yeah tomatoes is another one you're going to throw in there because obviously we've got yellow ones sweet ones you know lovely little cherry tomatoes they are another perfect allotment pickings not there and there's nothing quite like a warm tomato on a sunny day fresh from the plant is there and um
1: Absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, I can't get my children to eat tomatoes, but um maybe at some point. My my K- dear are ketchup. still quite young and <laughs> they won't even eat ketchup, I'm afraid. Wow. But I wouldn't I didn't like tomatoes when I was a child and now I'm as an adult growing about forty tomato plants and checking on them daily and literally my mouth is watering just thinking about it. Exactly.
0: One day, one day soon, you're gonna, they're going to grow into that, that exact person and then you can be fighting <laughs> over them.
1: <laughs> yeah, long live them not liking tomatoes. <laughs> so should we talk about a few projects that we can do with kids?
0: Yeah, so absolutely. You've
1: spoken already about giving kids their own bed and that's kind of quite an obvious go-to um, way of getting children involved. And I think that works really, really well with kids who are slightly older. Mm-hmm. um or with parents who are not perfectionists <laughs> yeah personally i can't give one of my beds to my children because i can't let go of that control and perfection <laughs> need for perfection in my garden well um,
0: I, I, I i i mine the bed for Ava kind of just evolved on its own because it was an old space that um I'm kind of like you in some ways because I really wanted to give her own space but I planned out the beds and I knew what was growing in each bed it was, it was really quite, it was really quite difficult but I thought I've <laughs> got to do this and luckily I moved some compost bins uh, last year and this space just appeared and almost accidentally we just started planting some stuff in there that people had given to us and then Ava said can I have this bed and I said well Go for it and that's that's kind of how it happened and I think in some ways that's the best thing that could have happened because I already i hadn't I hadn't planned anything for it so it just evolved into Ava's bed and it's brilliant
1: yeah I need to I need to let go of this at some point you, do. Like, you really <laughs> do but they haven't voiced the interest in doing it yet they just want to get involved in the beds that I'm planting at the moment so that's absolutely fine so what I do um is if I know what's going into a bed I will tell them about it. Um, For example, oh, I'm going to plant some lovely little marigolds in here. They are little orange flowers and they're really beautiful and they smell really funny. Um, These are the seeds and then they say, can I plant them? And then straight away, they take ownership of those marigolds and like we said, they are then going out to the garden to check on them and that part those, those plants are then essentially theirs and they want to look after them so that's a really nice way of getting children involved by giving them a little bit of ownership towards either a part of the garden or their own bed or just some plants but there are plenty of other things that we can do with kids now you and I Richard are of the generation of making mud pies Yeah, <laughs>
0: absolutely and Eva's definitely inherited that
1: Yes, I'm so proud of that. That's brilliant. So, yeah, really, really simple. If you want to keep a child entertained in an outside space, bring a bowl. Full stop. That's that's it. Done. Absolutely. <laughs> and a a spoon if you want to push. Just the just out. add water. <laughs> or a stick if you if you're not feeling like the spoon's a good idea. Well, one
0: of the things I've learned about mud pies is that they they can be so many different things. We're talking soup. We're talking. Um, stews we talking coffee even <laughs> it's
1: chocolate like cake chocolate
0: yeah. cake is obviously obvious yeah. one i'm i've <laughs> never seen someone be so entertained for literally hours by making mud pies
1: yeah well my my children like to make um magical fairy potions as well which is just basically a combination of lots of flower petals and some water so it's kind of the um the girly version of mud pies, I suppose, no. and then they sprinkle magic everywhere, and everything gets wet and covered in petals. I, I, think,
0: <laughs> I think this is this is the other thing is that like you don't really need a lot to to keep children entertained on allotments or in gardens if you just bring, a, like you said, a bowl, let them use the mud and whatever's to hand. And I'm just I'm always amazed at the imagination <laughs> for children and the stuff that Ava comes up with that keeps her entertained for ages It's brilliant.
1: That's it, and it really is about kind of. Engaging with their ability to be able to entertain themselves as well, and and kind of I guess trusting them to to know what they want to do and how they want to enjoy the space, and just then letting them do that. Um, now we had a <laughs> discussion the other day about um, playing with worms, <laughs>
0: yeah. and I'm glad we I'm glad we both share this experience.
1: <laughs> So, I should I should say to anybody listening, um, I was helping my dad out with some garden work uh, a few weeks ago, and um, my children were entertaining themselves for a really really long time. And I thought, gosh, they've been really quiet. Um, I went over to see what they were up to, and they had set up a gonna say a church it was nothing resembling a church at all (laughs) and they were they were marrying two worms together a boy worm and a girl worm were getting married and there was a worm vicar (laughs) and there were worms in the audience and um yeah (laughs) what better entertainment for a four-year-old and a (laughs) seven-year-old
0: i mean what's great is when you've got well having worms is such a pleasurable sight anyway on unlockment or your garden because it's a sign of great soil. So that's a good yeah. start. And um Ava has similar experience. Like I quite often find her she discovers a worm or two and then she tries to put them as a family. I mean, I don't think she, un- she doesn't understand how the worms just don't really care about that kind of stuff. And Really all <laughs> they want to do is go back in the soil. And sometimes I have to remind them and saying, Eva, you need to make sure they've got soil because they're going to just dry up on that surface. But she yep. says, I'm saving them. I'm putting them in their little home that I've just created. And, but it's great. I mean, and you know, I, I used to know some kids when I was growing up, who almost didn't like holding worms and, and I look at Ava I'm just grateful that she's willing to pick them up and engage with them as well and and yeah have that kind of fun experience of yeah playing with there are two
1: different types of people in the world aren't there there are people who will pick up a worm and the people who won't (laughs) absolutely (laughs) (laughs) two very distinct categories and I think we both know which ones our children fall into (laughs) But it's really, it's again, it's one of those things where the children's imaginations take control. We haven't had to structure anything around this at all. They just get on with it. And there are a few things that we can do that are a little bit more structured, like we can go on a bug hunt, that's yeah. a really fun thing to do, or we can make an insect hotel with them or a bird box or something like that, something that is a little bit more structured. There's nothing to say that you can't do that with your children, obviously. I think what we're trying to say, though, the point that we're trying to make, both of us spend a lot of time um, in our allotments and, on, for, in my case, on the farm Um and during that time, we have to keep our children entertained. But really, what we've both found is that the best way of keeping our children entertained is letting our children entertain themselves and then observing what they're doing and just just enjoying the magic of their imaginations and where their little minds can take them.
0: I completely agree. Sometimes I, the stories I hear Eva telling herself or acting out and she's on her own. And apparently there's this whole host of characters around that I can't see, <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant. And sometimes just just watching her play and have this kind of experience just distracts me from anything I'm doing. So it's great.
1: It's It's wonderful. It's It's like a live theatre. It's really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just love that. Um, My kids the other day came to me with a map that they'd drawn um, of the farm, which was just a squiggly line. <laughs> it was nothing. It was, it, was You're not not <laughs> um, it was not even vaguely. Not using your imagination, Becky. I know. It was <laughs> not even vaguely resembling anything to do with the farm. But um, they went off and they followed the squiggly line on the map around the farm for a good forty-five minutes. <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> amazing. Perfect. They took the dog with them as that's well. P- that's it was perfect. Perfect. <laughs> you
0: could have poured yourself a gin. <laughs> popped your feet up
1: (laughs) (laughs) i know (laughs) it was really really wonderful and they had all of these stories about these adventures that they'd had as well and it was all inside their little minds which was really sweet yeah
0: (laughs) the other thing we need to mention is finally and we touched on this a little bit is one of the other benefits um is of growing food that can be eaten raw on the allotment because they're just like allotment snacks allotment allotment treats and i know get I always get Ava after so long. She'll say, "Dad, I'm hungry. I want food." And if you've forgotten to take any food with you, or there's not no access to it nearby, great. Go and help yourself to the peas. Go and help yourself to the tomatoes or the strawberries. Is great, and and I think you're getting a win for two reasons. There, they're getting lovely food that they've grown themselves, or we've grown together, and it fills their stomachs. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. And I think sometimes you just have to let go of the fact that you don't necessarily get any of the uh, soft fruits and things like that, that they particularly <laughs> gravitate towards. Blueberries are one thing that I never get to eat in my garden. If I if I manage to eat a blueberry, it's, it's a very, <laughs> very rare thing. Um, but, you know, like you said, it's really fantastic that they are not only getting the experience of being able to eat fruit straight off a plant, but they're also getting fresh fruit. Which is just so win win, isn't
0: it? So, we've talked in this episode about some really good reasons why we feel it's important to involve our kids. Uh, in our gardens and our allotments and get them to grow their own fruit and vegetables.
1: And we've also talked a little bit about what we can do to get them involved, to get them feeling a little bit more inspired, and also what our kids do to entertain themselves whilst we're gardening.
0: We really hope you enjoyed this episode and we would love if you would subscribe. We'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode.
1: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.